What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Fresh Podcast, where we bring everything fresh in entertainment. I'm your host from home, Drew Brumfield, and this will be a special episode of the Fresh Podcast, where we will be will be special for two reasons. We're doing this from home due to the virus, and I also have a special guest with me, um, Mr. Seth. Hello? Hello. Yep, uh, me and Seth have been playing video games together for couple years now um and today we are talking about one of my favorite first person shooters uh doom eternal so yeah um <laughs> yeah doom just came out um the sequel to doom 2016 um and so so what do you how do you feel about this game yeah i mean i think you know how i feel yeah. uh, it feels it's great i was a huge fan of doom 2016 i First off, I love first-person shooters. I've been playing, like, so much of them, but it does kind of, like, you know, they do kind of all start to blend together when you start playing all, like, the uh, the Far Cries and the Call of Duties. Yeah. Like, you know, typical, like, military first-person shooters have kind of, like, dominated the market for a long time. So seeing mm-hmm. something like Doom get rebooted and come back in a big way, you know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, did you have you played the 2016 Doom? I'm kind of curious about that. Yeah, I played the 2016 Doom. Um, I didn't. Uh, I played through it, uh, once, much after it came out. Um, and I didn't complete everything, but I, pl- I played through that one, and then I basically got this immediately when it came out. And for Doom Eternal, I have 100 all the single player achievements. Haven't done much in the multiplayer, but. I have played both of the remakes. None of the older ones, though. Alright, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, it's... I mean, I, I... I don't know about you, but I like... I mean, I think I know about you that you liked it. It's yeah. <laughs> the single player, but... Yeah, God, it's... Uh, yeah, actually, speaking of which, recently I went through and did all the achievements. Um, I even did a... Uh, there's no achievement for it. You just get like a neat little soup. I even did the the Ultra Nightmare run, which was uh, a pain in the butt, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I do so, like yeah. yeah. I do like how in this game, um, a lot like, cause uh, when you look at like some of the developer um, notes on this game, their de- their design philosophy is mostly just build a game around having fun. Um, so they take out things like, like they saw, hey, reloading, that's not fun. So we're not going to do that. Um, right. And a lot of the game is very, this might sound dumb, but very video gamey. Like there's things like extra lives and power-ups and, you know, killing enemies gives you health and chainsawing them gives you ammo. So it's like, it's that doesn't really make sense in the world, but it's fine because it's fun for gameplay. And you do it just for the gameplay reason, and then everything else comes secondary. Yeah, I definitely agree with that yeah. point. Um, because it, there's a weird thing with, like, especially with, like, a lot of first-person shooters, like, you'll see with, like, COD or Battlefield. They really try their darndest to be as, like, realistic or as immersive as possible. Like, um, take, for example, something like the recent Call of Duty from last year, Modern Warfare. Like, if you look at that game, it's just, like there's hardly a HUD to it at all. You get, like, an ammo counter, a crosshair, and that's roughly about it. They don't want 
they want you to think that the whole thing is as realistic yeah. as possible. Whereas, like, you said it with yourself, Doom is, like, it's kind of cartoonish in its visuals, mm. but in a good way, where it's, like, it very clearly, like, uses bright colors to indicate mm. things like ammo, armor, health, and yeah. weakened enemies. Um, the game even has lives, which is... I it's it for me for a first person shooter I struggle to remember the last time the game had like a life system yeah in it, you know and like the little one up thing almost looks like a Super Mario Brothers power up um, yeah I know it's it's great oh yeah. can we curse on this try to avoid it as much as you can oh, okay <laughs> don't worry about it uh, we'll we'll edit it post yeah well that's my job. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'll find a bleep noise. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, what was I getting at? Oh yeah, and compared to, um, I remember this is a point that you brought up at, um, a little further back, but, um, yeah, even compared to Doom 2016 to Eternal, it has a lot brighter of, like, a color scheme. Like, Doom 26, 2016 is, um, it has a lot of reds and browns and grays, and it's, um, it's all like darker and bleaker um and then moving over to eternal it's a lot of bright greens and bright reds and like you know it's flashing and the um everything is very distinguishable and it sh like pops out yeah i mean like if you just look at the design stuff they definitely went the the extra mile here to make it I think feel more distinct. Like, I don't know if you remember too much about the hell levels from 2016, but if mm. you really break it down, it was mostly just rocks and fire. Yeah. And, that, and, and, like, you know, like, that's not terrible. Yeah. It looked good in 2016, but, mm. like, Eternal has, like, way cooler stuff going yeah. for it. Like, you get, like, actual architecture and giant hell towers mm -hmm. and, you know, yeah. huge demons in the background with, like, lava blood spilling from their mouths. Like, that's it's it's like a heavy it's like looking at the heavy uh metal album cover it's like playing a metal a metal album it's awesome yeah i, I just I, yeah. I love the visuals where they just like i think they courted with that idea a bit in 2016 and then eternal was kind of like all right we yeah. can cut loose we can just go full blast with this kind of level design yeah because um because that was the thing that always that was the one thing that bothered me about 2016 was you went from uh you went from Mars, which was, you know, a very red-brown area, and then you went to Hell, and it kind of... You could very much... You could tell the difference, but it still was a very similar color scheme. It wasn't that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't help that, like... Um, I love 2016 Doom. I still mm. love it now, even after playing Eternal, but it did have a problem with, like, kind of really repetitive, um, samey-looking environments, mm. like... You know, unfortunately, the Mars base was, it kind of, it, you know, it was mostly like a lot of dark um, military corridor type stuff, you know, over and over. It, it looked the same, but like when you go to like Doom Eternal, though, they do a really good job of providing a lot of variety in the levels. You know, you get the hell levels, of yeah. course. You get like levels set on um, Sentinel Prime, which is like, mm -hmm. you know, the Doom Slayer's home world. Yeah. where it's like it's a it's that weird hybrid of like dark fantasy yeah. there too where it's like lush yeah. forest and overgrown ruins but yeah. it's you know it, it's it's but it's in doom style so i yeah. <laughs> yeah i dig it like i think there's a lot more variety here 
No, definitely. The level, it was a very welcome change, um, the Sentinel world, um, because it was, it was different, um, and that's also another thing, is the Sentinels in general, I love the noob lore that they added into Doom, but it's also, it's still connected to even the older games, um, like, it doesn't re, it doesn't rewrite all of Doom history, um, but it's still, it's still, like, it gives you more of a character than just the silent guy who's, like, who loves ripping up demons, um, which is rare for our first-person shooter to give, like, the main character, um, like, a some type of personality, because most of the time, they'll just, like, master chief him and just make him basically silent, which, which is Doomslayer, but you still get that, you still get Doom's, uh, Doom's story, and you still get his emotions, even though he doesn't have to say anything, um, not saying his most complex of emotions, <laughs> But, uh, you still... He's just angry. Just, yeah, he's just oh, angry. He's the, Doom guy's a very angry kind of guy, yeah. you know? Well, they killed, they killed his rabbit, you know? I would be, I would be, I would be angry, too. I'm actually really, yeah, you've been speaking about, like, how id Software does a fantastic job of, like, um, digging into, like, the old history of hmm. Doom and bringing that and saying, like, hey, this stuff is still kind of canon. Um, I don't think they deliberately say it, but there's even little references to his, like, pet rabbit throughout the whole game like you'll find pictures of him with daisy um you'll find like one cool thing is the fortress of doom which we'll get more into yeah. probably later but um like if you go into his room you see like a little like um like rabbit cage yeah. where there's like rabbit food and stuff there it's 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 little touches yeah. like that that i'm glad that that like all because they decided to like sort of reboot the series they didn't yeah. do away with all the old stuff they've even done things where like they brought back like they even acknowledged like some of the black sheep of like doom franchise like yeah. doom 3 is like kind of like a it's kind of like the, like i said the black sheep yeah. of like the doom franchise now, not a lot of people look now, too fondly on it question but which they, one which one is yeah. the story is like the story of the game is literally the demons killed your pet rabbit and now you're going on a rampage is that doom 3 or is that is that, that was um I believe that was Doom 2. Like, okay. the start of Doom 2 is kind of like, you know, all those dirty demons, they, uh, they killed your <laughs> rabbit. It's time for you to go rip and tear them up. So I'm pretty sure that was the story where they went with it in Doom 2. Yeah. Um, Doom 3 is like the... You gotta remember, this was like mid-2000s. So mm. this was kind of like when everybody wanted to do like their own gritty reboot. So Doom 3 was kind of like that. It was kind of supposed to be a gritty reboot of the Doom franchise again. So it, it was kind of seen as like, you know, there were things in it people didn't like, like a lot of survival horror elements. Um, reloading was the first time and the yeah. last time it was introduced in the Doom games. Um, hmm. It was, you know, people don't really look too fondly on it, yet they still make references to it in Doom Eternal. If yeah. you go in his, like, little room uh, again... It has the Soul Cube, which is a weapon that was exclusive only to Doom 3, which mm. I thought was like, hey, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with... I know the Doom story, but I've the only Doom games I've ever played have been 2016 and Eternal. Um, but even then, I still got a bunch of... You know, I could still see like, oh, that's a nod to 
a previous Doom, um, with all the different, like, albums and pictures, um, that it's, yeah, and kind of, it's, um, it's amazing to me, like, when a develop, when the developers of their game actually are fans of the game that they're making, like, I know that sounds weird, but there's a lot of games where you can tell, like, they just made this just to get a paycheck, but you can very much tell, um, from all the level of details that the designers of this game really do, they, they love Doom, and they want to, you know, they want to add all these Easter eggs, they want to make this the best that they possibly can, because they are just as big as fans as the people that are playing it, um, and that's usually how you get good games, is when developers, you know, <laughs> just care. When care. Yeah, when they yeah. care. <laughs> Um, yeah, especially with rebooted franchises, you know, they don't, um, they don't usually fare too well. Like, sometimes with rebooted franchises, we, we kind of see it almost like they, they sort of, like, turn their back on their history a lot. Like, we kind of saw that with, uh, what was it, the rebooted DMC a little bit, too, where, like, a lot of the narrative was kind of, like, I'm just using that as an example, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of, like, certain narratives and personality traits are kind of, like, eschewed because, like, oh, that's not cool in 2012 anymore, and it's just, like, Doom Eternal, like, kind of says that's, like, no, it is still cool, all this is still cool, yeah, this all started in the late 80s and 90s, but, like, we still think it's awesome, so we're gonna keep it in, and they're right. 80s and 90s were awesome, I I wasn't alive during that time, they were still awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I, I like it, it makes me so happy and especially as a per like the best thing about this whole thing is that like I'll be honest as a kid I never really played the early Dooms you know I yeah. didn't play the first Doom or the second Doom or whatever I never really cared for it but after playing Doom 2016 it made me want to go back and play those games and uh, I played through at least the first Doom and I was like man this stuff is like really good it still holds up well there's like a certain charm to it now yeah I don't know Part of me, part of me thinks about going back, but then I know, like, as I'll be playing in a bit, gosh, this is, Eternal did this so much better, I'm just gonna go back to playing that. Yeah, that is true, yeah. like, um, I went back to 2016 for a little bit, actually, yeah. after playing through Eternal, and, you know, one thing we talk about is, like, difficulty in Eternal is a lot yeah. more than 2016. I didn't know how much I kind of needed that because, like, in 2016, you know, as much as I liked yeah. it, I, I found myself getting pretty bored with it fast, too. Yeah. Like, um, you know, it was it was just, like, it was pretty easy as far as, like, games go. You know, you yeah. didn't have to, like, switch up weapons as much because yeah. you had plenty of ammo. Um, you could save your chains off of the big guys. You didn't really have to strategize at all. Like, you know. Yeah, I, I remember it, going through that game and... The second I got the super shotgun, which is one of my favorite weapons in all of video game, I don't think I ever, I rarely switched off it. Like, I would just constantly switch back to that shotgun, just plow through people. Um, and I imagine going back, it would be, like, the gameplay would be a lot slower, too. Like, um, because you don't have, you don't have the dash, I'm pretty sure just your movement speed in general is... A lot slower you just have less upgrades to work with so yeah they basically I, I think, oh, go ahead yeah sorry um i think with 2016 it's like uh it, it's still fast for what it is it's still faster yeah. than most shooters that's for sure 
but uh you're right though um it's i think with 2016 it's very easy to find one strategy and to stick with it like for me it was combat shotgun with the explosive mod on it you know you get that and you're pretty much set for like most of the game of course when you get your hands on the super shotgun it's like it's all over yeah you know you can pretty much go through the whole game using just that and maybe switch to something else every now and then whereas like you know eternal did a really good job of like making you switch up weapons and try things out they made the plasma rifle good which i was surprised by because the plasma rifle was kind of useless and uh in the 2016 reboot yeah, I can't think of in Eternal. There's ne- there was never a gun that like when especially late game when you're going through fights, you would go through every single weapon and you have, I believe, one, two, I believe you have 9 weapons in total. Um I think that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you like 9 weapons and each of them have m- multiple mods and you go through almost all of them like um you know, the Regular shotgun has the grenade or um, automatic fire. The super shotgun is amazing. And with the attachment of a hook on it, it's, it's even better. Um, yeah, both the both the machine guns are really good in their own right. The plasma rifle, the bolt, um, and of course the rocket launcher. They're all like fantastic weapons, and you have to go through all of them. Like, you try to just use the shotgun, you're going to run out of ammo very fast. You're going to try to chainsaw, then you're going to run out of chainsaw. And, like, it forces you to switch it up. And there are enemies that are only weak against... Like, there are people with the shields who are only weak against the plasma rifle. You can try to use other weapons, but it'll just be much easier if you switch and take it out. Yeah, and there's, like, also, like, there's so many, like, little tricks and stuff to keep mm. in mind with the game. I will say that, like, technically, yes, it is possible to stick with one weapon and stick with it the yeah. entire time. Because, you know, the chainsaw does recharge it. And so long as you're using it on the small enemies to get your ammo back, you can be good. But it, you, I think at that point, you're just stretching out the fights way longer than you yeah. need to. Because if you do that, then you'll find yourself running out of ammo and then just waiting for the chainsaw to come back up and... Doom doesn't want you to yeah. wait. That's it's, boring. It's possible, but it would not be fun, so no one would do that. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah like, I found myself... Um, I did find myself relying a lot on the super shotgun, um, yeah. especially on my uh, Ultra Nightmare playthrough. It was just so good. Yeah. Like, lots of damage. The meat hook, and once you get the mm. uh, the upgrade where, like, the meat hook like gets the fire, yeah, and so you uh, can, like, light enemies on fire yeah. and get armor from them. It was just... You, you felt unstoppable, because, like, any sort of damage that was dealt to you, you can easily make up back for it just by using the dark meat hook. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's one of the most... It's one of the most, like, satisfying weapons to use in a game, and I feel like... Part of it feels like it's also part of the sound design. Um, just because, you know, that on the shotgun or the reloading sound effect on the super shotgun. It's so satisfying to hear. And then the actual gun sound effect. Um, it's, uh, it, re- it makes you feel like you're hitting someone with a very powerful weapon. Um, which is why people always switch back to it. Because it's just... Um, it's just a feeling you get while you're using it. And the fact that it is very good. 
Yeah, I mean, like, we could just, we could go on for days about just yeah. the BFG sound. Like, that <laughs> thing just sounds amazing. There's just so much bass on it. <laughs> yeah, the sound design is amazing in Doom Eternal. Like, yeah. it's like little things, too. Like, they make, like, a really disgusting but satisfying pop noise when you like get a headshot on like a demon or an imp like with a uh with like an assault rifle yeah. it's like a literal pop yeah. and it's just it's so goofy but I, it's so fun to i do. know i love the it, it's almost like a cartoon sound effect when you um when you get a glory kill on a um oh gosh the flying demons i'm terrible the cacodemons the cacodemons yes and you when you're pulling its eye out it'll it actually be pop and it sounds like it sounds like it's a cartoon straight out of Tom and Jerry, um, but it's just it's it's great. It's great. Oh, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, like it's super Looney Tunes. Like even going back to the Cacodemon, like like you can do some straight up like Looney Tunes stuff in this game. Like um, dunk a grenade into a Cacodemon's mouth, mm. and it like. It, it reminded me of like the Looney Tunes cartoons mm. where it'll like swallow the grenade and like blow up from the inside and like smoke smoke will come out of its mouth yeah and it's just like it's just it's like little things like that that just like um that just make it so much more fun to play doom eternal it's not taking itself seriously and it's asking you not to take it seriously as well just you know to have fun with it i do love that that's just a floating that monster is just a floating head but somehow it has a throat to swallow like (laughs) Where it's is that point? Yeah, yeah, it's all mouth. It's, it's just mouth and an eye. Um, yeah. My favorite thing, uh, I forgot to mention this. I don't know if you noticed this, but like my, one of my favorite little things is the pain elementals, which are like harder cacodemons. Yeah. So you know how they have like the little stubby arms that they throw the the like little skulls at? Yeah, they have little T Rex arms. Something that I didn't notice until later is that when they're moving in the air not when they're dashing but when they're just moving to a position in the air they'll move their arms to the sides as if they're like running somewhere even though they have no legs Uh. (laughs) like it's it's so stupid looking but i love it (laughs) the enemy the enemy design in this game is like is really good um because each, because there's a bunch of different um, demons, but each of them seem unique. Um, and, like, of course, because a lot of these are from, like, years and years of, of Doom, and they're just bringing in demons. Um, but some of the, the new ones that were introduced in Eternal was, was the only, is the only new one for Eternal just the uh, Marauder? I mean, if we're not counting the bosses... Uh, yeah, of course. All the bosses are new. Well, actually, not I, all the bosses are new. I, the... I believe that the... Uh, like, some of the new ones are... There's, I think there's only really two new ones. Yeah. There's the Marauder, which you just brought up. Yes. And then there's the Snake Dudes, the Whiplashes. Right. Those are new as... Right, nope, I forgot. There's a third one, and it's another one I hate. It's the, the Carcasses, the guys who, like walk on spider legs and summon shields and like the oh, most possible place. Yeah, yeah, those are <laughs> all all the new enemies are just like we're just gonna try to annoy the player now. Um but yeah, I mean e- but easily the standout is the Marauder who is in who is in like old Slayer um armor and you have to fight him in a very 
He's a very unique enemy where you have to fight him in a very specific way. Of you have to wait for him to charge you, counter him, and then punish. Um, yeah. And, you know, the first time I fought that guy, I was like, I hate this enemy. Uh, because I can't bulldoze through him like I do every other enemy. Um, but as you actually start, you know, he kind of... If he as a villain kind of forces you as a player to, you know, get better at the game. Because, you know, you can't just... I'm not saying, like, previous was mindless um, gameplay. But when you, every time you saw Mariah, you had, like, alright, I have to deal with this. But now I have to do this strategy while also trying to dodge all of this other, you know, attacks that are coming from everywhere. And, you know, he cha- he changes up the gameplay... Um, every time, every time one pops up on the screen. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a, and, you know, funny thing about him is he's kind of become a, uh, sort of like a controversial, like, kind of, uh, character in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of, like, different review outlets and mm-hmm. people who talk about the game of Doom Eternal that they say that, like, you know, this character is you know this 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 enemy type's too hard is like i think a lot of people are just used to like there, there's been arguments made that like basically the marauder kind of breaks the momentum of the game where like it's it's constantly foot on the gas you're going yeah. you're you're always hitting your enemies you're always shooting and then here's a guy finally who says like no you're not gonna shoot me yeah and i'm gonna and in fact i'll punish you hard if you do try to like shoot me when you can yeah, you have to you have to wait and perfectly. I can see why I can see people's argument when they say it breaks it, but for me, I feel like it more just as it, like it does. He does slow down the pace of the game, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad a bad thing, because um, it does require you as a player to like rethink your game strategy. Um, like it's a hard enemy, but there are ways. To get around him and to deal with it. Yeah, I've seen, yeah. Um, and I and I think I would like err on the side that like people who um, who are kind of like you know saying like oh it's too hard or something like that. I I would ask them just you know slow down a bit. You know, yeah. take some time to think it through. Like up, if you've been playing Doom Eternal this far up until this mm-hmm. point, you had to have realized by now that like Eternal is like it's asking you to be a little bit smarter in how you play. You know, from, like, less ammunition to enemies being a little bit more aggressive now than they were in 2016. Yeah. It's, yeah, I feel like at this point you kind of need to, like, stop thinking, okay, just run out with the super shotgun and think, like, you know, what are the best ways to counter him. Yeah. I've seen also lots of other little strategies that work really well against this guy. Um, legitimate ones, too. People, some people wait for the counter, you know, when he, like, charges at him, so they'll yeah. try to bait it out. Um, other people I've seen, uh, do, like, pretty creative stuff, too, Mm. like, um, using the remote detonation modification on the rocket launcher, so they detonate it behind his shield, so he takes damage from that, like, that works, that's cool, um, other stuff, like, people, I've seen Mm. people lay traps with sticky bombs by, instead of firing at him, they'll, like, fire it, like, near his feet, behind the shield, so he'll still take damage from Mm. it. And you know what? These are all legit strategies that, yeah. like, hey, it works. People find their workarounds. Yeah. Yeah, that, and just, the game does, 
the like the game still gives you a lot of creativity in how you want to fight. Like it's not the only thing the Mirage stops you from doing is the most basic function of shoot him in the front. Uh, so yeah, I th- I think it's a very good enemy design, and he also has I also like the lore that comes with it of he was a um he was a sentinel like the slayer and but yeah got corrupted and so he yeah it would make sense that he is a lot harder to face than just your run-of-the-mill demons that you've slaughtered millions of uh yeah yeah. like you know uh this is like you know you may have to book this i don't know if you will but Doom Slayer is a badass, and if he's fighting someone that lore-wise might be a little bit of equal footing with his skill, they gotta be good too. Yeah. Like that's just the basically you're fighting your uh, your rival, your Virgil in this. That's him. No, definitely. Um, so yeah, uh, moving moving away from him, I'll also let's talk about the uh, the other bosses or villains you have to be fighting um so there are there are a bunch of different um bosses and mini bosses um at one at one point a boss literally turns into a common enemy uh with the doom hunters but yeah so for well i guess technically the marauder can be said the same um but the only like like actual boss fights that don't turn into just normal enemies are the guardian um the maker and the final boss which is you know spoiler alert but he's been in other doom games before it's the arcane of or yes arcane of sin is that what it's called i believe it is the icon or icon yeah i'm sorry Yeah. yeah and so those are the only um and as far as if i can remember the only actual boss fights other than and if you want to count the ones that turn to normal enemies, it's the Doom Hunter and the Marauder are the other ones. So, Seth, out of all the ones that I've named, or if you can think of an art boss, do you have a do you have a favorite boss that you had to that you had to fight? Uh, I mean, I definitely think the Marauder fight was probably my personal favorite fight. But if we're yeah. going into like actual like strictly bosses, um. It's a it's a little bit of a weird one, but I really like the gladiator fight. Yeah. I think that's probably like the coolest boss fight out of all three of them, just because like, you know, I think the, I don't, mind you, all the other boss fights are great are are good too yeah. in their own regard, but like the con maker is honestly pretty simple. You just yeah. you shoot at her, and when she starts turning the floor to like fire, you just gotta stay in the air. Like that's pretty much it. Um grapple up when she's when she's low but yeah yeah and then like you know the icon of sin i'll say this much i think the icon of sin is a pretty neat fight just Mm. because i think it's just trying to show you how powerful you get because like at this point in the game it's throwing a bunch of enemies at you the real threat isn't really even the icon of sin himself it's more like the enemies he's throwing at you but the game gives you so many like of your super weapons ammo that you get to go nuts with it like there's bfg ammo everywhere there's crucible pickups everywhere so it's more like it's more like you get to go on a power trip at the last last part of the game it's like Um, here is 
here are all the tools that you were like saving up. So if like, oh, if I'm, if you were concerned about using BFG ammo, now is the time. And here's extra BFG ammo in case you wanted to. Just have right. fun with the super weapons. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. like, that's a pretty cool reward to have where yeah. it's like finally be like, all right, you've been saving it up this whole point. Here's where you get to cut loose. Um, but the gladiator fight is my favorite one just because uh, I think it's the, it's the one true, out of all the three, I guess you could say true bosses, it's the one boss fight that's like, actually like demands you to, you know, yeah. fight him like a boss. And... You know, it, it in a way it plays out a lot like the Marauder fight. You know, you have to wait for the flash when he's vulnerable to hit him. Um, you spend a lot of your time dodging, and like you know, if you attack him at a time, he punishes you. In a way, the Marauder is kind of preparing you for this guy. Yeah, no, definitely, I agree. Um, I would probably if thinking about it, like originally I was going to say the Archon. Oh my gosh, the Icon. Excuse me, the Icon of Sin. Um, but yeah, the more I think about it, I think I might have to agree with you with the gladiator. Um, also for the fact that, that, the entire level is just, there's a level that it's like, it's just him. That's the only enemy you fight in that level. Um, it's, that level is designed to increase the lore and then you fight him. And yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that fight. Um, cause it requires. And it also required, once you do finally take out his shield, he became a lot more aggressive. And it's like, oh, now I have to dodge more and, like, change up my playstyle a little bit because he's attacking me differently. And I also do like the that they went back to, I believe it was a... He has a similar attack to a Doom 2016 boss where he's throwing, like, lines at you and you have to almost limbo or jump over them. Oh, I remember. It's the, uh, oh... The Cyber Demon boss fight from yes. the uh, the first one, yeah, and uh, like uh, you know where he like summons the rock walls and he starts throwing like all the projectiles and you had to have like perfect dodging to get through without being hit. Yeah, he does the yeah. same stuff here too, and it's you know it's awesome. Not to mention the um, this is a little bit of a fun fact, but like mm. so you know like the like the gladiator they all have like their own boss themes. Yeah. But the Gladiator has his own boss name that's kind of picked up a lot of um, popularity because there's some there's a part in it where like it's I guess it's like the audience is chanting, yeah. and it's the 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 words they chant is uh, car in took, mm. and apparently mm. people digged into it a little bit. Uh, apparently, on the Night Sentinel homeworld, it is a translation to their language. Of rip, rip and, and tear, tear. <laughs> yeah, which that's, is just like that's pretty cool. Which, yeah, which is basically like you know, it was like the mutterings of a madman yeah. whenever the Doom guy first got there to the Night Sentinel homeworld. Then they're like, "Hey, man, that's a really cool like yeah. phrase you got there. We're gonna adopt it into our own culture and make some words around it. Yeah. Rip and tear, like we got it." That's yeah. That's that's also another thing. He he has one about. That's one of my favorite themes in this game, and that whole, I do love, um, like, Doom Slayer's new, it like, that fight ties into Doom Slayer's, like, new story, how he's just, he was just a random human that stumbled on, you know, Heaven's doorstep, and they were originally just gonna cast him off, but he just kept fighting and kept muttering, rip and tear, rip and tear, so, like, you know what, let's send him to the battlefield, (laughs) 
why not? And he just kept winning and fighting until they're like, you know what? You're good enough to be a Sentinel. You're good enough. Um, and that's such a, that's such a cooler story than like, um, cause originally that's kind of what I always thought it was, but originally people were thinking like, oh, he was, he's not human. He was born a Sentinel, but it's the opposite. He was, he was a human who was, who just fought hard enough to be a Sentinel. And not just any human. Hmm. Um, he's the Doom Marine from the original games, which makes yes. it even better. I mean, I just, I love that, like, little references to hmm. the past there, too, where, um, basically, I think it's suggesting that, like, this is where the lore gets kind of weird, but, yeah. like, I think it's pretty much saying that, like, Doom guy has fought alternate dimensions of hell and ended up in the Night Sentinel homeworld, and then he's that's where he's fighting this version of hell. Yeah, it's very, it's very confusing. Like I remember, I tried going back and looking through the lore of Doom, and you know, and at the end of the day, I kind of realized like, you know, well, it's well, the lore is like really cool, and I'm into it, but it's also at the same point like. Don't I shouldn't worry too much of um on the timeline when this happening, because most because most Doom games previously this is just like hell's here and he's fighting them. That's you know go. That's all you need to know. Um, so I never, you know, in my mind it's like yes he is the guy that's fought hell in the previous games, but don't worry because that would make him like eighty years old in this game. <laughs> I mean, lore-wise, it, pre- it, um, it pretty much confirms that uh, Doom Guy is a demigod. Uh, there's yeah. that one scene, uh, like, when he returns back to the uh, Night Sentinel homeworld, where he's, like, trying to get his, uh, spoiler, he tries to get his Crucible Blade back. Um, he he was given the powers of a god, I think, because he went into the machine, the god machine. Yeah. Dude's <laughs> rad. Like, like crap. What hasn't he done? <laughs> Why well, hasn't he stabbed or killed or shot? Great. Love it. Um, but moving away from the story for just a minute, because I wanted to touch on this one. Um, the soundtrack to this game might be one of my favorite soundtracks to any video game. Um, and that's what just this and Doom 2016 in general. Um, the music in this game is great it fits it fits the style perfectly it's metal as hell um and it's just it's just so good listening to as you're like tearing through demons (laughs) yeah i mean it's you know most games uh you know the soundtrack is supposed to be like the background noise so they'll like they'll have it playing in the background but it's not going to be the loudest thing because they want you to pay attention I think Doom is, like, one of the few games I know of where, like, the soundtrack is louder than anything that else that's happening in the game. And it's awesome. Uh, I, I dig it. There's, like, it's this really neat mix of, like, industrial-type metal with synthesizers and electronics and just lawnmowers. Yeah. they use that. No, um, it was a chainsaw is what he used. Yeah. He used um, a chainsaw... Soundtrack, yeah, he did. Yeah, which is Gordon, by the way. We should add that. Yeah, I should say his name. I was about to get to that, but um, um, I would he 
I would recommend anyone who's interested in that go watch the go to his YouTube and watch the videos of him making that music because it's so interesting the way he looks at music and sound um because basically he got so many different random devices and like essentially broke them and just tried to get the weirdest sounds out of them like he has this weird he got this weird Russian synthesizer and he doesn't speak Russian but he so he just started messing with the buttons um, until it started making weird sounds. It's like, that sounds, that sounds like a demonic sound. We're going to use that. Um, so yeah, that's, it's a real, it's really interesting, um, the way he does that. And just, yeah. yeah. Um, other stuff I can recommend too from him is, uh, he's done really great work with Doom. Um, he's worked with some other Bethesda titles, but the one that comes to mind for me is, uh, and when I say Bethesda titles, I mean stuff published by Bethesda Softworks, not necessarily made by them. Um, there was a, they, the game, one game that they did was Prey, which was, that's more of like a survival horror type thing, but yeah. I gotta tell you, Prey also has a really good kind of like electronic soundtrack. It's very different from like some of the other stuff that Mick mm. Gordon does, but it's equally like, you know, it shows his skill, like what yeah. he, what this man can do. It's, it's incredible. I don't know. As someone who's like, I'm not. I'm trying to just learn how to play basic guitar, and then I see someone do this, and it's like that is. He just looks at music, or he just, uh, he just looks at any type of sound, and he can see music. And it's just such an incredible... It's, like, an incredible talent, um, is what it is. Alright, but, um... So, kind of the last thing uh, I'll say we'll talk about is... Um, how would you... So, we've talked a lot about Doom Eternal and Doom 2016. How would you... Zeth, how would you rate this game? Like, compared to 2016, or compared to shooters in general... Like, and if you, you know, you can give it an actual score if you want, or you can, um, just say, oh, you know, it's better than this, but worse than this. Um, um I don't think I'll, uh, I don't think I'll give it a score, but yeah. I think I'll, I'll for sure, um, add that, like, Doom Eternal kind of, like, for me, it, it's, um, I think it raises the standard a lot for first-person shooters and hmm. what they should strive for, um. This will sound um, a bit odd, but uh, I believe that like Doom Eternal is ex- exhibits a lot of like depth to its to its like gameplay into its um, enemy design that we don't see a lot in the first person shooter genre. Like yeah. honestly, this is stuff that we only see in like really the action game genre. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like uh, Double May Cry or uh, Dark Souls, and I'm not talking about difficulty necessarily, but something where it's like it's pushing players to play in a very specific way where there's still room for experimentation but it's asking a little bit more of them to pay more attention to the gameplay and to yeah. like understand the, the little like uh, the little details about like their enemies to understand their weaknesses or the level design so I think you know Eternal really raises the bar on like what a shooter can be where we can be a little bit more than just 
uh, your kind of, you know, corridor, like, shoot the terrorist type game. We can do a lot more than that. We can be a lot more creative with it if we just allow it. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, yeah, for me, it's like, because it's someone I liked 2016, I didn't fall in love with it. Um, but for me, this takes, um, this takes everything from Dune 2016. It takes all the good elements and just adds more. And for the most part, everything they add is very, you know, well received and it's fun. And they add just more gameplay, more enemies, different, different weapons. Um, so for me, this is exactly what a sequel in a game or a sequel in anything should be is you take you take what's good about the original and you add to it you know or maybe I don't think they really had to take away any of the negatives um but you just you build upon what is already established you don't try to mess up the formula you I mean it's doom the formula is you know, you go out and kill demons, and they just, they give you more tools to do that, they give you more of a reason to do that, um, so in my mind, this is, like, exactly what a sequel should do, um, in a game, and that's why I've enjoyed, that's why I enjoyed this game so much. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I get what you're saying, it's like, um, I think what you're saying is like it's a it's a, it's taken what was like in 2016 about like that kind of gameplay philosophy about you know aggressive play and refining it to a point like it's like what we had was something good but kind of crude in 2016 of like what this gameplay could be and then eternal is like the refinement of that of like it's the honing of that like idea of like what they wanted to do in 2016 i believe yeah, definitely. They kind of just, um, they kind of just took their original idea and then just almost, uh, full, like, or finalized it. Um, which makes me really, which makes me really, like, I'm interested now to see where is this going. Like, are we going to get another, um, like, Doom, like, uh, I would say, like, a Doom 3, but there's already a game called that. Like a Doom Beyond, or like, um, do you have any hopes for when they do another sequel of this, like, story-wise or gameplay-wise, or have you even considered? I don't know about sequel right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely think if they really, if the people it really wanted to, yeah, yeah, they absolutely could. Yeah. Um. It's so crazy to think that, like, Eternal just goes so nuts that I'm not sure where, how much higher they can go with this. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, hey, if anybody could figure it out, it's probably the guys that did it. I will say this much. Um, they have said that they are going to be adding in some DLC campaign to Eternal, mm. um, because that's what the season passed at Leafless, is that there will be more campaign DLC. I don't know if you'll still be playing a Doom guy or someone else, but there is that. So I guess in terms of content, if we're wanting more, um, it does look like there might be some coming down the pipeline. So yeah. we'll just have to wait. Well, yeah, that'll be, that'll be definitely something to um, look into and look forward to. 
Um, we're starting to get to that time of the show where we give our fresh picks of the week. Um, so if you don't know, this is where we give recommendations on whatever um, we've been playing or listening to or watching. Um, so I will allow our guest to go first. Seth, do you, uh, do you have a fresh pick of the week? Um, can I have multiple fresh picks of the week? Go um, ahead. Yeah, go right ahead. Because normally we do have more people on, so it'll be good. So, I got a lot of shows I need to catch up on, obviously. Like, yes. you know, um, like things like, I've been really enjoying the Witcher Netflix series, which mm-hmm. is really good. Um, but, weirdly enough, the thing I've been kind of watching lately, because it's been really relaxing and surprisingly funny to watch, is the, uh, on Netflix, they have the Great British Baking Show. One of my friends turned me on to this, and it's a, uh, it's surprisingly a really fun kind of wholesome experience to watch. Um, even if you're not into cooking type shows, I kind of recommend this to people. It's <laughs> it's funny. Um, it's sort of like a competition sort of reality show, but like from what I've seen, no one's being like overly dramatic or anything, and they're competitive, but they're not being jerks to each other about it. So. <laughs> In terms of shows, I'd recommend the Great <laughs> British Making Show. Um, Interesting. Uh, games, which is more my type of thing. Yeah. Um, I've been playing two. Uh, one is Fallout 76, which is... Hmm. That one's had a bit of a troubled history. I think that's putting yeah. it lightly. Um, <laughs> but right now, they released the Wastelanders update, which is supposed to be this huge hmm. expansion. And... Um, I think on Monday, my first impressions is going to be going up on our site. Yeah. Um, well, that's something uh, That's something you haven't talked about yet. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. So if you want to get more of Seth's opinions on games, you want to read more about um, his review on Doom Eternal, uh, you can visit his artic- the article that he writes for, what was the, um, what was the website again? So uh, I write for the student paper yeah. for, at UT. It's called the the Daily Beacon. That's what it is. So we do yeah. a lot of different reviews for like you know entertainment stuff as well as more uh, Knoxville related news. So yeah. So if check you want, it out. Yeah, if you want to look at that, there will be a link of, in the description of this podcast, um, and I would highly recommend. That'll be one of my fresh picks. Is your is your articles? <laughs> All right, sweet. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, um, we're actually doing a two-parter on it, the uh, Wastelanders DLC, because it's actually a little bit bigger than I thought it'd be. Um, I did a, we, I wrote a first impressions recently. I think we're going to try to get it up on Monday. And then later in the week, I, we're going to try to get my, uh, my full, like, comprehensive review of it. So I'm working on that right now. Okay. And then just something a little bit weird. Um, I'm going to throw out people. Uh, I've been playing another game called Dragon's Dogma on mm. the uh, and just to talk about it a little bit so Dragon's Dogma is from the same creator of like his name is Hideaki Itsuno and he's like the creator behind like you know projects like Devil May Cry 3 4 and recently 5 and Dragon's Dogma was kind of like his answer to Skyrim <laughs> and it, it's it's amazing like 
go figure, the person who made, like, really good combat and stuff like Double May Cry also has excellent melee combat in Dragon's Dogma. This is a game where, um, it's like a hybrid between Devil May Cry and Monster Hunter, where, like, you have these huge monsters, like, let's take the Cyclops, for example. Like, it's like this huge monster you can grab onto and pick up just about anything, so your character can literally jump onto, climb onto an ogre's back, or, sorry, a Cyclops back, and then, like, move to his eye and start stabbing the crap out of his eyeball to do massive damage. It's stuff like that. It's really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what I've been playing. That sounds interesting. Um, it may, mostly because, like, I'm a huge fan of the Devil May Cry series. Um, and so to hear that, like, just hearing that they do more than Devil May Cry is always interesting to me. Um, but for my uh, fresh pick of the week, um, I have... I've not fully completed this game, um... Because I got it, and then, ironically, Doom Eternal came out, and a bunch of other things. Um, but I've really been enjoying uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisp. Um, it's free if you have the Xbox Game Pass. Um, it is a very fun platformer. It's a it's the sequel to um, Ori in the Blind Forest. One of one of the best soundtracks. One of it's amazing art design. Really smooth. And uh, really smooth platforming, jumping. Um, and like Doom Eternal, they take everything from the previous game and just add more to it. Um, they add better combat. They add side missions that you can do. Um, so that's that's definitely what um, during this um, period where we have to, where everyone's gonna have to stay indoors. That's definitely a game I'm gonna have to go in and just soak up as much as I can. Um, so yeah, that's really all I've been enjoying. And I think that is about it. Um, I want to again thank Seth for coming on. Um, coming on to our show. And again, if you want to you know, hear more game reviews from him, uh, there will be a link in, dis- in the description uh, for his uh, article. Excuse me. Alright, cool. Thank you. It was a lot of fun to be on here. Finally, I just want to thank everyone for listening and just a quick reminder to stay safe out there. All right. Thank you.